0: You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported.
1: Community Radio for South Central Indiana.
2: Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Cade Young. And I'm
3: Todd Wicks. This is the WFHB Local News for Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. Later in the program, we
2: revisit a report from WFHB correspondent Shadei Ajishigiri on local protests over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. More in today's feature report.
3: Also coming up in the next half hour, increasing gas mileage on Better Beware your weekly consumer watchdog segment on WFHB. More following today's feature. But first, your environmental news brief.
4: WFHB, this is your environmental news brief for Wednesday, March 9th. I'm Nathaniel Weinzapfel. The Indiana Department of Environmental Management has announced a new plan that will reduce the negative effects of a waste oil recycling plant on the south side of Indianapolis. The plant, run by Metalworking Lubricants Co., had previously been cited as a creator of air pollution and being the source behind a foul smelling odor that lingers over the nearby residential areas. Neighbors reported natural gas smells and found that the air quality was often so poor that people couldn't spend time outside. Metalworking lubricants had previously violated air pollution laws and five operating tanks at the facility are reported to be directly pumping pollution into the air. The Indiana Department of Environmental Management plans to scrub the operating tanks in an effort to improve odor and reduce pollution. Reports of toxic algae have increased over the last few years and have caused severe harm to Midwestern pets and their families. For example, a couple visiting Lake Centralia in Illinois last summer with their pet Golden Retriever were shocked when, after drinking from the lake, their dog, Zeus, began vomiting and having seizures. Sadly, Zeus passed away while being driven to emergency veterinarian care. The couple also suffered from negative effects including vomiting, severe liver damage, and gastrointestinal issues. Stories like Zeus's have become more common, as fertilizer runoff into lakes increases and temperatures become warmer due to climate change. The lake they were visiting was found to have high levels of the toxin called microcystin at around 4,000 parts per billion. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's health guideline is around 8 parts per billion. Midwestern states have historically not tested recreational water bodies often enough due to a lack of funding. However, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has pledged to send federal grants to state agencies that should allow them to test water bodies more. Earlier this week, the United Nations Environmental Program announced a new resolution signed by over 170 nations and hopes to begin the process of stopping the world's plastic pollution. The resolution, titled, End Plastic Pollution Towards an International Legally Binding Instrument, hopes to be the first step towards an enforceable plan to end plastic waste. This is a result of the acknowledgement of the United Nations that plastic provides a lot of benefits to modern society, and thus manufacturers are highly unlikely to independently stop producing plastic anytime soon. The United Nations views this resolution as necessary to begin the transition away from single use plastics and reduce microplastic pollution. That's all for your environmental news brief. For WFHB, I'm Nathaniel Wines Apple.
2: At the Ellisville Town Council meeting on February 28th, Fire Chief Mike Kornman shared an amendment to the Ellisville Town Code to clarify paid time off, payout eligibility.
5: Well, thank you. This is part of the town uh, personnel policy that allows a payout for somebody uh, separating employment after uh, 10 continuous years. The previous uh, verbiage was uh, um, ambiguous uh, as to what it meant with uh, town's uh um retirement policy uh the intent was with the town's person i'm sorry the perf which was the town's uh, retirement policy was 10 years and there was some ambiguity now with the definitions with perf so we want to take that out and make it uh just 10 years that was the intent we come up with uh, a long time ago so uh it was 10 years that's the only change we want to make so
2: council member scott oldham asked about why there is a wide disparity between
5: the levels of payout. Cornman responded. I will try. So um, it was uh, 17 years ago tonight, the town council approved a rewrite of the town code for the town's personnel policy. Uh, the policies came from a, a, a derive derived from the town's policy at the time with the city and the county's policy. That was the 313 that we used and we came together with uh, um, an, Oh, we thought it was a good policy so uh but the thing was unusual for the supervisors at the time they felt like the payout that the county had was endless and we felt like that there should be uh some limits to that at the time and it was a year and a half we felt like it said just a year whatever time you have was gonna be a year and a half so 1.5 was the factor now the, what i can find in the documentation From two thousand four and five, thanks to the administrative assistant, is that we had taken the town had taken all the previous definitions and benefit accrual that we had the name before at the PTO. We took what we had at the time in consideration of changing the PTO. Other words, vacation days, birthdays, personal business day, uh, and at the time, holidays, floating holidays for firefighters, because back then firefighters who were scheduled to work a holiday were not allowed to take off work. So that was the idea.
2: Oldham still didn't agree with the current payout eligibility and said it should be equitable across the board.
6: No,
1: it's what you have in the bank. If you go to, if if I'm at the end of my 10 years and I've worked eight hours a day for my entire career, but I have 400 hours banked, and if Mike is there who works a 24-hour cycle and he has 400 banks and we're going to pay out up to 400 hours or whatever number we pick, Why is it that I can't exchange my 400 hours because I've banked them and saved them, but Mike can
3: Town manager Mike Farmer stepped in to try and explain the confusion about the amount of payout employees could receive.
5: So, Sandy, all all he's saying is the level of banking should be even across the board. Um, How it gets to that point obviously is different because of the different kinds of shifts and hours we work. But the level after ten years, everybody should be able to have that same same level as they go out the door. Um, they all ought to have the ability. It sounds like to me what Scott's saying is to enjoy that same amount on the way out, not not be guaranteed it because some people will save or use everything differently. But but the level, the the max level ought to be the same, not guarantee that it's going to be that much.
3: Clerk-Treasurer Sandra Hash explained why there's a difference between staff members.
5: It's up to the employee to save their PTO in order to even get this one and a half year payout. They may choose not to do that. They may use up all their PTO and then they would only get the current year's payout. And it's even outlined in the policy that if you retire or leave before June 30th, then the first six months are, um, what's the term? Prorated. Prorated, you don't get the full benefit until you work to July 1st. This is the formula that's been laid out. If you're questioning it, I think we need some time to think about your, your question and understand it a little better.
3: The Ellisville Town Council next considered having a flat cap for the number of paid time off hours staff can accrue. The council agreed to revisit the issue at the next meeting.
2: In today's feature report, WFHB correspondent Shadei Ajishigiri reports on local protests over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. This news feature aired previously on Thursday. More protests have happened since then, so given the prevalence of this issue, we wanted to air it again in case you missed it. We turn to Shadei Ajishigiri for more.
0: Dozens of people showed solidarity with the nation of Ukraine in their ongoing battle against Russia. IU students, professors, and Bloomington residents alike came together for the second time in the past two weeks to spread awareness of the Russian-instigated war in Ukraine, marching from the Showalter Fountain down to the Sample Gates, where blue and yellow flags flew high and clear voices sung the national anthem, Ukraine Has Not Yet Perished. Ani Abrahamyan. Treasurer of the Ukrainian Studies Organization at responsible for organizing the protest, expressed her frustration at the territory conflicts preventing nations from claiming their sovereignty.
7: I would just like to say it's not a conflict, it's an outright war. It uh, makes me feel very angry because many of the post-Soviet countries are still dealing with uh, territorial issues like this. And at this point, it's not uh, anymore a territorial issue, of course. Many of us are trying to uh, find our identity, to create our identity and a place for our culture in the world. And unfortunately, hegemons like are trying to crush that time again, so I'm very angry, and I would like to say that this is not the first time that things like that are happening, and uh, it certainly makes it much more difficult with each uh, subsequent war to deal emotionally and mentally with this.
0: She feels that Bloomington residents are doing a good job in spreading awareness of the war.
7: I think that people are actually doing a wonderful job consolidating powers and rallying together with our Ukrainian community, with Ukrainian community in Bloomington and at IU. So the one thing that can and needs to be done is just the continuation of spreading the information, making sure we call things by the right names and just trying to attend and educate, uh, attend events organized uh, to shed light on uh, the war. And also trying to share um, things with your local community so they know what to do.
0: Having been displaced from the disputed territory of Nagorno-Karabakh at an early age, she doesn't have to imagine what so many Ukrainians are going through right now. But she wants them to know how important it is to have hope.
7: I just want to say that the struggle for freedom is one of the most uh, noble struggles in the history of humankind. And the most important thing is hope. Um, even when things don't look like they're going to get better, we have to have hope uh, because that helps us to continue existing, uh, promoting our culture, educating our children. So just don't give up. Have faith and hope.
0: Christina Lopez, a physics graduate student from the Chicago area, knew the words to the national anthem by heart. She understands the importance of bringing awareness of the invasion close to home.
1: It's a different thing when you see that there are people around you that actually care, and I think it becomes um, it becomes something that's important to you because it's something that all of a sudden like is is within your scope when you right. see people. That are speaking out saying that something is not right um, so I mean here I mean there's aside from like you know donations you know, the people here there's not a lot they can do but I think it can help raise awareness and help people realize that, that it has such extreme implications that it's something that people should be aware about and care about, because it will affect them sooner or later in a much more direct way.
0: She said that this Russian-Ukrainian war is something that even U.S. citizens should pay attention to.
1: I think if it continues to escalate, democracies in the West are going to need to intervene and become more involved. Uh, We've seen some of that, but I think the, the level of threat this poses is something that we need to be very critically aware of.
0: Lopez said it's important to keep up the awareness and the momentum.
1: It will be very easy for this to be something that people care about for a short time and it goes on and, and people forget about it. Not, not letting it die, I think, is important, especially because this is not the beginning. It's been going on since 2014. And People have mostly, largely forgotten about it. And yet it's clear that you see that just because you forget about it doesn't go away. It continues. And so I think, yeah, supporting as much as possible. Friends, Ukrainian people, obviously college students, Mm -hmm. budgets are tight. But even small donations are not only important to help, but in in showing support of something.
0: Tatiana Ford, a native Ukrainian who moved to Bloomington just a few years ago, expressed her pain at her inability to help her family members who are now stuck in her hometown.
8: My native town oh my is Mikolov, which is destroyed right now. And I have my mother and my niece who is hiding in bomb shelter for seven days. And they're tired, they're exhausted, and uh, my heart breaking apart to look at the picture of my town or just what is left for me. I moved to US three years ago, so it's very fresh. It's It's very hard, because you're far away, and they bomb all airports. We cannot get even in my country right now. And I cannot take them out of this hell. And really, I wish all world to know that Ukraine never, um, never have inside country conflict. It was all disinformation in Russian television and we, very peaceful and educated nation, and what actually is going on right now, it's just destroying of nation and culture and cities and all infrastructure, including TV towers, including um, energy supplies, water supplies, television, uh, everything, military bases, even um, civilian airport.
0: She thinks that Western governments should do everything they can to protect Ukraine.
8: Truly, I think they're they afraid to take part because if they take part, it will be actually the third world war. So they're afraid but i hope they wish to help us but sanctions that they did uh, actually help a lot to destroy russian economy because when people civilian people of russia cannot use credit card cannot use iphone app cannot they will be cut from the world and cannot use personal money, not government money. They will go up, stand up against the war, because it will destroy it their routine life.
0: She believes Russians, too, must take responsibility. I think that the population
8: of Russia is um, 145 million. If they all stand up against the war, it will work.
0: Ford said the only hope against dictators like Vladimir Putin is the truth.
8: I think uh, the best help against information war is to show the world the truth. We, We have kids in hospital right now who don't have legs and arms. We have 16 kids dead, and I wish everybody see it and know what's going on that this is not just question of language, of Russian-speaking of Ukraine, because I am Russian-speaking of Ukraine, and I don't ask Russia, come and save me.
0: The Ukrainian Studies Organization has organized teach-ins throughout this week to educate residents on Ukrainian history and to amplify Ukrainian voices in the community. They will continue to be a beacon amidst the uncertainty. For WFHB, I'm Shadeji Gishigiri.
3: Up next, increasing gas mileage on Better Beware, your weekly consumer watchdog segment on WFHB. Host and producer Richard Fish has more.
1: Welcome to Better Beware.
6: Back in 1962 when the Beach Boys sang about a Chevy muscle car, gas cost about 31 cents a gallon. Today, $4.09 a gallon was the price at the pump when I was riding this, and it's probably going to be more by the time it hits the air. You want to pay less for gas, maybe a dollar a gallon less than the price on the pump? You can do that, and save even more money when the price goes up. How? Simple. Increase your gas mileage. It's not hard, and you can do it. Getting better mileage on any car is a combination of several things, and one of them makes as much difference as all the rest put together. All the little things that waste gas add up, and when you eliminate them, the savings add up too. So first, keep your car in good shape. Change the oil and do the maintenance when it's time. A dirty air filter alone can lower your mileage by 10%, That's like paying 40 cents a gallon extra these days. A bad oxygen sensor can cut down your mileage by 40 percent. That's like paying a buck sixty a gallon more. Second, keep your tires properly inflated and you can boost mileage by up to 13 percent. Even one low tire increases rolling resistance and wastes gas. Third, keep your gas tank full many people don't and buy just a few bucks worth at a time but if you keep the tank full and top it off with those few bucks you can wait out a price spike and wait till you happen to be near the cheapest place to fuel up fourth keep track of your mileage it's easy if you top off your tank every time and just note down the odometer reading if you know how you're doing you'll do better and if mileage goes down you'll know there's a reason and can fix it right away. And fifth and here's the one that makes the big difference change how you drive. The rule is simple drive in such a way that you use your brakes as little as possible. Every time you use your brakes you waste gas keep your momentum as long as you possibly can Leave plenty of space between you and the car ahead. Don't accelerate going uphill. Take your foot off the gas and coast going downhill, and as soon as you see you're going to have to stop. Combine your errands into one trip and figure out the route with the fewest stops. Drive safe, but using your brakes as little as possible. Spending your momentum like a miser can increase your mileage by as much as 50%, according to the U.S. Department of Energy. And you'll be paying a lot less than... I'm Richard Fish for WFHB News and Public Affairs
3: You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Shade Aji Shigiri. Better Beware is produced by Richard Fish. Our theme music is
2: provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. For WFHB, this is your
3: engineer and executive producer, Cade Young. And I'm Todd Wicks. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also
2: available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, W-F-H-B, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local
3: news program. And now, stay tuned for Hearabouts, the Asian American Midwest Radio, coming up next on WFHB Community Radio.
2: You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio.